Welcome to the Live Fit Listens podcast, a safe space of growth, personal development, and overall wellness with your host, Olivia Catania. Diving into the realms of all things health, conscious living, mental expansion, and much more, this podcast is designed to help you evolve into your best self and live fit. Let's get into the show. <laughs> it's showtime. No, I'm kidding. Welcome back, people. To episode 18 of Live Fit Listens. Super exciting episode today. It is the first episode in history that I am accompanied by guests. I am not alone for the first time. I'm here with my big brother, Lucas Catania, age 28 years old. Say hello to the people. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. I feel honored to be on the first Live Fit Listens podcast. Very first guest. Thank you. Of course. Happy you're here, but you should feel honored. Because I was going to have her dad on here for the first time because I always thought I just was like, it's just in like, why would Joe not be the first guest like on the episode on the podcast? It just made sense to me. But then he went back home to New York and da, 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 and I'm leaving to Hawaii. So I said, Lucas, you're the next descendant. So you have to step up to the plate. And this was kind of spur of the moment today on a Sunday morning. I said, <laughs> would you want to be on the podcast? And he was like, sure. And so then here we are today, boys. So. I'm super excited for this episode, not only to have the first guest just to see how it goes because I've never interviewed someone before and I'm kind of excited to see how it's going to go, but also we're just going to be diving into some interesting topics that I feel like are going to be, Lucas just has a pretty interesting life for being a young 28-year-old lad. He's been through a lot, done a lot of different lanes in life, and so I'm just excited for him to talk about it and share it. So before we get into everything, which I'll give us a brief little outline, you guys know we start with gratitude. So... I'm going to let our guests start with one thing that they are grateful for, and then we'll get into the episode. Okay. I don't do this as much as I should or as much as you preach it and stuff like that, but one thing I keep coming back to is just grateful for, like I say, the opportunity to be able to play in the game, be able to chase my dreams, my ambitions, hobbies, passions, stuff like that, because not everyone is fortunate enough to be able to do so, or they live in an area where it's not possible, something like that. So just the fact that I get to wake up every single day and be able to kind of pursue what I want um, is something I've been grateful for lately, especially this winter. I love that. And Lucas is always really big on reminding himself and all of us of that concept. And it's just really refreshing for me to always hear because sometimes I forget that like even just the chase of our biggest desires and our biggest dreams like that in and of itself is a privilege because some people don't even have just having the opportunity of life every day and then the the privilege of the resources that each of us have in the day to day to be able to go after our dreams is just definitely very empowering and liberating at the same time. So I, that was a very good gratitude. So mine, which I know is super cliche, but I can't help but it just reminded me of it because like Lucas is on the podcast, but I said that I'm grateful for our last year and a half of living together. Cue all audio box because I just feel like this is such a special like it makes sense when you like live with your siblings growing up like in your childhood home but like not a lot of people get to experience living with their sibling like at this portion of life like I'm 22 Lucas is 28 like I said and so I just feel like it's kind of it's special like being able to experience each other this closely in this phase of life when like I haven't you know I don't live with my two also by the way people don't understand there's four of us total just a quick breakdown there's our oldest sister then Lucas then our other sister and then me so I haven't been able to live with my two older like sisters in this phase of life so I just feel like it's a precious time that we get to experience each other during this phase so um 
in this episode, I'm basically going to be kind of basically essentially just interviewing Lucas a little bit and getting some um, information about firstly just himself and kind of his background, what he's been through up until this point. Um, so some more like personal life questions. And then I did want to dive into more like family life things because I think that it's a very interesting dynamic right now between the two of us is that brother sister dynamic. And then um, lastly, I kind of wanted to end on more kind of goal oriented um, self discipline motivational stuff at the end because Lucas is also a very disciplined and motivated person so I'm really excited to dive into all this stuff I think it's going to be very um, a very special episode for many reasons so firstly like I said Lucas has been through many different lanes of life he's tried many different things and he's excelled truly at all of them in all these different ventures and so I don't know I think it's very empowering and refreshing viewpoint to hear so I just kind of wanted to give Lucas the floor to kind of talk about his story his passions and kind of all of the things that he's been invested in even from high school up until now um, just so you guys can hear all of his different avenues hmm. well it seems like it's been kind of like a long long road um, that kind of went quickly sort of sort of pronounced sections in my life or chapters um, starting back I don't know, even starting back when I was 14, 15 years old, the first thing that really gripped me was was a sport called paintball. That was kind of really what taught me and showed me what passion was, stuff like that. I'd grown up playing hockey and lacrosse. Those were big things in my life, sort of really from from being a kid. Um, met a lot of sort of childhood friends that kind of stuck with me all through high school from that. But um, the first thing that really introduced me to what passion was, I think, was paintball. Is kind of um, an interesting, interesting sport at the time, but ultimately kind of fell apart being that young. It was hard to to keep going with it. And, um, I got into racing sports cars when I was 16 years old, which really took over my life for the next eight years from 16 to about 23. That was kind of what, um, what I, what I did all the time was thinking about sort of stuff like that. Um, graduated high school, moved up into college, um, at 18 or something, got a degree in biochemistry, um, all while still racing, and then moved into grad school from there where I got my master's of business um, with a concentration in, in uh, management. And then really after that, I moved out here to to Utah full time. And since then, I've just been working full time really in real estate, um, but mostly enjoying the mountains and skiing and just being surrounded by um, by the beauty of, of the desert, mountains, stuff like that. And um, now I'm here, so... Yeah, I think what's super interesting is how, um, like I said, like how many lanes I guess Lucas has shifted from like he started from the very generic he really was initially going pre-med and to begin with and then kind of has changed lanes all the way now to more of a creative lane which also I did want to talk about that of what how about you tell them what you're doing right now and kind of what you're invested in now okay yeah so now I'm I'm working um, I'm the director of videography for a residential real estate brokerage here in Park City Utah so Ultimately, I'm just kind of managing people and, and ensuring the department runs smoothly. But we work, um, we make property videos for, for the homes for sale around here and also sort of show off the lifestyle of Utah. So it's kind of a multifaceted job where I started as a videographer, but ultimately kind of worked my way up. And um, now I'm kind of running the department, but no more science, stuff like that. It's really more of a creative position with um, some administrative duties and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And even more so, I guess, in his hobbies, I kind of want to call it as of right now, but his side hustle that he puts a lot of time and effort into, I just feel like always deserves more spotlight than it has right now. I just want him to speak also on his 
I would say your own personal brand that you have online, your own little side business as well, if you want to touch on that. Yeah. So I also, um, I primarily have a YouTube channel where I just make videos documenting my adventures and sort of showcase the beauty of being outside in the mountains. A lot of it is, is skiing or is kind of born from skiing. Um, but really I just started making videos two or three years ago. Um, I built the van out, um, go hiking in the summer, racing, paintball and skiing in the winter. So that's kind of organically of have been growing into more of a community, which is really, really cool to see come to fruition. Um, but largely it's just a, a creative outlet for me to make my own videos. I've kind of always been fascinated with YouTube and vloggers, and it's something that I've always wanted to sort of pursue. And, and here we are almost three years later, 250 episodes, three seasons of vlogs. It's been kind of a, a wild ride looking back at it. So yeah, I spend a lot of my, my extra time with, with the Stoke squad. Yeah. <laughs> So his channel is at Lucas Gatania, by the way, definitely 10,000% recommend checking out his videography skills are absolutely just everything cinematography and just his storytelling. It is definitely there are no other vlogs out like that out on YouTube. I can promise you that. So his Instagram and YouTube is at Lucas Gatania. If you'd like to check him out and support support a brother, a live fit brother. Um, but so as you guys can see, like he really did he's come such a long way. He's tasted so many different facets of life. He just has a lot of facets as an individual, which I personally think is so inspiring and so empowering and liberating, like I said. And so a big question that I had for you is what made you notice those switches of interests of being like, okay, hey, like the the time has come for me to kind of change paths. Like I'm laying that era to rest. Like was it intuitive nudges that made you feel like, oh, I I want to switch to this thing finally? Or did you just get bored with certain things? It's a good question. Um, I think it's a mixture of, of a little bit of everything. I mean, largely intuitive sort of stuff and just like that feeling inside. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe some boredom with what I was doing as well. But, um, really when I moved out to Colorado, just being surrounded by the mountains and nature and stuff like that, that was what really inspired me, um, to sort of, to sort of follow my own path and, and listen to myself. And I think a lot of it comes down to just like, not if I, you know, why would I waste time doing something that I don't, that I'm not passionate about or I don't want to do anymore? So one of my little slogans I've had for a while is um, inspired by nature and driven by gratitude. And the point of that is just like all my inspiration with my photos and my videos and, and really everything I do comes from just being surrounded by the mountains and stuff like that. So really, once I got to Colorado, I would go outside and go on hikes and be in the mountains. And that's just what really sort of flared this uh, more creative direction and something that I kind of always had in my life. I used to take drawing classes when I was little. I played the piano. So I think my mom really pushed me more in a creative side um, that was often muffled by whether it was hockey or lacrosse or just the kids in high school. And so then when I got to Colorado, it was a little bit more being able to be myself, like no one knew who I was, which was really, really cool. And for me, I remember when I got there, it's like, I am just like, I'm starting completely over. Like, I don't know a single person out here. So everything really changed. Um, not like in a, not in a fake way. I was just felt like, man, I could like, I almost felt like a breath of fresh air where I could really be myself. And it just, at that point, stuff just kind of happens to kind of flow organically. And, and once I got into the photo video stuff, then I got a new camera and I was just like, there's like a whole new world opened up from there. And so that's why I said a little bit of mixture of everything, but largely just intuitive, um, just something inside. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like that, 
that beautiful life example speaks so loudly of like what we all speak about here. Two, two, two on my clock, boys. (laughs) But um, I just feel like that in and of itself is a beautiful real life example of what we speak about on this podcast about living authentically and, you know, channeling your authentic self and slowing down and stripping away what isn't truly you of what you're taught to be and what you're taught to like and what you're taught to do and just say like, what do I want? What, what's my true calling? Like what feels good to me? And I feel like that's literally beautifully exactly what happened to Lucas when he, he, Colorado was, he went to Boulder for his um, MBA. And so that's why he was there to begin with. And I think just him finally you know, escaping from the home life. We grew up in a really small town, which was very like, it was a judgmental place. Like everyone knew what you were doing. And it was very just, it was a conventional small town. If that makes sense, people, it wasn't very big to have like, Oh, I'm going to take this creative path or X, Y, Z, like, especially, um, I guess also the community we were specifically in and the community Lucas was in like growing up in hockey and lacrosse, like that little cluster of people, I guess had their, you know, a lot of people are going pre-med or doing, the, going to this loss, not necessarily law school, but you know what I mean? Just very conventional path. So I feel like you finally having the break to deprogram the programmings that you were taught through society and from dad and from our parents and all that sort of stuff finally let you to come back to yourself and what you wanted, not like you rediscovering this new facet. It was, and like you said, not fake. It was you coming back to your authenticity where previously you had these masks on that you were trying to fulfill these certain images, which rightfully so, as many of us do when you're so young. And I just think that's really refreshing and like, and it's empowering for all of us and a good lesson for everyone for what you went through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like back, back where we were from it just like there's like other words to describe it but like there just like wasn't cool to to be into photography right or videography or or any stuff like that like it just wasn't like you said just where we grew up there was 20 kids in your class and it just wasn't the place to do that so um you know more or less it was just like hey what do I want my life to look like one day you know as morbid as it sounds we're not going to be here at some point and that day could be tomorrow or could be next week you know or and so that was kind of just really what inspired me to make a change and just listen to myself of of what I wanted to do and you know here I am now I don't know six years into it or six or seven years down the road and you know I'm really fortunate that I did that because now like for me now I was just thinking about this even last night and stuff is like photography something I'll have with me for forever no matter what happens in life like being able to have a camera and just take photos of something and and be able to create something out of nothing. I was just thinking yesterday, it was like how, for me, how refreshing that is. And the fact that I always have that, um, something I'm proud of. So yeah, just kind of listen to myself and, and now everything else is just kind of sort of a bonus. Yeah. I really love the way you say that, especially, yeah, I think it just having that kind of I think photography and cinematography and just video creation and content creation is such a form of expression for you, like you said. And I love the way you vocalize it when you say like it's a way to, you know, I guess almost make your emotions, which isn't tangible, turn it into something tangible and something consumable and digestible for someone else. And I think that's like a really cool method of expression. Yeah, I agree. And like last summer, like I wasn't in the best place and like I made videos now that I look at them that kind of represent that with the music and the shots I was doing. And it's just, it's cool to kind of see that as a muse almost for like my emotions. And it's like, I can't even literate it, but when I'm in the moment and I'm outside, it's like just a weird way I can put it all together. And then 
when I'm out skiing powder or something like it's just it's interesting how you can kind of express your emotions into an art form and people do it with painting or drawing or making music like it's different for everyone and I I believe that everyone has it in them it's just people either a think they're not creative or their stuff like isn't good but it's just it's something that's really refreshing to me because even if I had an iPhone or something like it's just um, nothing for me to be able to find a music track and put something to it is kind of like the bare minimum and basics of how I got into it you know and I think music's a big part of all that but yeah it's it's really cool really really cool right no I think yeah I think just art in and of itself like there's so many different forms of art and every one I think is just a different way to express yourself and I think like even I know I'm like not on his photography level but like even on the small scale of like the things even when I like on the small small scale if I'm like creating an Instagram story which I think a lot of people lose sight of this and in regards to like where social media has moved to now but like that still is completely a form of creative expression like when I'm you know what I mean designing a a small little Instagram story and posting it like that embodies certain emotion like depending on what I'm posting but I'm just saying like art extends to so many different facets and so many different fields and it truly is just a way to express ourselves in such a beautiful way and I think that seeing more of life through that graceful lens I think will allow everyone to kind of see allow everyone to see life through more eyes of beauty in a sense it's turning into an art discussion yeah no let's move on the importance of art (laughs) sorry okay so then the next question since he's had been such like you have such a high level of education started about to go be a doctor and now he's in totally a creative venture what are your thoughts on that do you regret college do you feel like you would be just as successful without it like what are your thoughts on the whole education scenario that you've been through yeah no I mean I don't regret it I think I did at a point in my life um and I'm just kind of coming to terms in general with everything but yeah I don't I don't regret it um I know I know it's becoming an increasingly popular sort of question with everything that's out there and sort of how easy it is to pick up a smartphone and make an Instagram page on something or I don't think it's necessarily required for everything in life Um, but I, I do think it's never a bad thing to have an education. One thing it really taught me was how to learn, how to teach myself. And I think it's something I use every single day, whether it's, um, teaching myself kind of how to build a van or all the photo and video stuff I've done. Um, I've been getting more into the stock market and like real estate. So it's just having a backbone kind of, and how to learn and how to sit down and teach yourself. Um, I think is really important. And, and ultimately that's, I think there's a sort of an, an implicit, College is an important stage in someone's development. And I think people overlook that in a way. And I understand it's not easy for everyone, whether in terms of cost and affordability, but I do think college also is a big part in character development and teaches you how to sort of mature that next four or five years of your lifetime. So I don't regret it at all. Um, and I think that my grad school and business school was really cool because I was the youngest kid in the class short of one other kid, Keaton. And so being in class with 40 year olds and 30 year olds, like it was, that was a really interesting sort of time in my life. Um, but I don't regret any of it at all. And I think every sort of all of that helped me get to where I'm at today. Right. And one thing he always says is that he really feels like college and education has taught him how to learn, which I love that. And I feel like you embody that so much because even just like the little, I don't know, just like how you, you taught yourself how to do like all the photography stuff that you're doing through reading your own books and all that sort of stuff. Like, I feel like it clearly shows how you do things now, how you take on new tasks now that are unknown to you. You know how to not only put in the effort and have like the work ethic to learn about it, but you also know how to learn and what resources to look to when it comes to learning new skills and new ventures and things like that. Um, 
which I think is also really overlooked when people think about education. But I just want to ask you that because I know a lot of people in my audience will ask like my thoughts on college and if I feel like I'm just dealing with people, writing emails, like now that I'm more in the material position, it, it goes a long way. And I think, you know, dealing with people and working with people is very important. So you learn that in college group projects, stuff like that, you know, is it worth the price tag to some, maybe others, maybe not, but there's definitely a lot to be had for education. Right. Okay. So a quick little question that I had, because I would definitely think that I would classify Lucas as a perfectionist, which he called me that one time. And I was like, the perfectionist is calling me a perfectionist. Like, but anyway, so I just wanted, because he has done so many different avenues, I just wanted to ask, like, how do you balance your strive for excellence and all of your different hobbies between skiing, racing cars, which I, we didn't even go nearly into the depths that he has pursued racing cars or racing go-karts, paintballing, filming, I know that might be a difficult question, but how do you kind of. So how, how do I balance? Um, I mean, I, I would say personally, I've gone way one thing. Okay. One thing that's really helped me with perfectionism is YouTube, to be honest, ever since 2021, I set it like a goal of like two videos a week, whatever, Tuesday and Friday. And, and that's something that helped me rid that perfection because like I had to get the videos out no matter what, that was kind of the thing. And, and I guess for me, it's just getting stuff done. There's a saying, and I think you guys might've heard it, but done is better than perfect because nothing will ever be perfect, you know? And if you just try to sit there and sort of, um, work on like these little details to get a perfect, you're never going to get something out. So for me, the whole art thing is kind of what helped me get over that. Um, and as long as you're making progress every day, you know, that's all you can really do. But but you can't just like wait for something to be perfect or wait for your song to be perfect or wait for your, be a perfect skier, right? Like everything takes time and sort of needs some nurturing to it. And, and I think, um, that the simple act that you're doing it, um, is what, is what sort of kept me going. You know, I just, as long as I keep doing stuff every single day, everything else will follow. So, um, really just sticking to, to a schedule knowing that the progress is kind of all that matters is what, what kept me to it. I think that's a really great point. And I think a lot of de- people definitely need to hear that, especially when it comes to starting a new venture. A lot of people have like, when is the time, you know, right? When is it? They, they're, or they're like afraid to fail to begin with in the beginning of it. So I think that's perfect to say, like, I honestly haven't heard that before. Done is better than perfect. So that's a great thing to, for you guys to take with you as well. So now I kind of want to dive into a little bit more of like personal familial situation. So like I said, Lucas is the only son in our family. And I just was kind of curious to see like if that, if you ever felt any pressure on you from that, from dad or just both parents in general, or to like achieve a certain level of, of success or, I guess, pressure, like in regards to protecting us sisters in a certain way or something like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, with a question like that, do you feel pressure? Yeah, I do. I mean, to the extent of that pressure, I don't, I don't really know, but yeah, I mean, I'm the only, the only son, really the only one who can essentially carry out the bloodline in a way, um, the, the family, stuff like that. So I've being, you know, being the only son, I've had a definitely a different relationship with dad, grandpa, stuff like that, you know, and, and, um, it, I think it's put unnecessary strains, um, when I was younger and stuff like that. Um, but I also believe there's also a time and place for, for the, um, how do I say this? The masculine sort of only, 
only you know son in the family sort of vibe be like you know i am the the protector of the family stuff like that and um so i i think i think in hindsight it's been balanced well i think when i was younger it was pushed a little bit too hard especially with the divorce and stuff like that it was i think it was a lot for a 10 12 13 year old um but as i've you know gotten older and kind of been able to distance myself from it and kind of have my own outlook on it um i i almost accept the role you know, I accept the role now. Um, and yeah, there, there was always pressure on, on me, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it, I guess. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to touch on that because I feel like it also kind of echoes the whole point we were saying previously about the the background and how you started with pre-med and feeling like you had to be a certain way and then kind of being able to come back to yourself growing up. So I think that definitely is a good point that it more so, it definitely was more of a thing growing up, I guess, so more so now. Um, and the next question I had for you is what was one lesson because you did touch on the divorce what was one lesson that you feel like you've taken away from our parents divorce I mean <clears throat> I don't know how to articulate this um but it, it, I'll, I'll try to sort of hint to it but in a way of like not putting trying to not put your value or your worth into a situation if that makes sense. And I think this is applicable if you have a breakup or you lose a job or something, you know, it's easy, especially, and I think it comes from passion and sort of having a lot of empathy. I think this might be more applicable to people who, who are extra passionate and stuff like that, but it's easy to put your worth and who you are as a person into a situation. And so when that situation falls apart or doesn't go the way you want, and you've seen me with this firsthand, whether it's with YouTube or something, it's, it's easy to get your self-worth wrapped up in that. Am I good? enough you know not that a fell apart now me as b is falling apart too so the the divorce was so bad and so hard for a while um that it, it kind of it subconsciously consumed who i was as a person and then and then as we get older with holidays and, and the whole sort of thing it's like it was easy to let the whole divorce situation affect who i was and i'm not saying it shouldn't have an impact but as the child of a divorce it's really, it's, it's not your fault at all, you know? And so to put yourself in the position of, of, of having a worth or something tied to it, I think makes it very difficult. So the divorce at some point, again, this happened more in the boulder and being able to separate from everything. I just, um, I, you have to live your own life, you know? And at some point we've, we've talked about it as kids. It's like mom and dad, like they have their own stuff going on, but it can't just drag onto us for so long, you know, so that's the best way I can, I can describe it. But again, it was, it happened. So it almost happened so quickly. And like, just, it was so bad really that it was just hard to even, it was like a tornado that you I couldn't even see outside of it, you know, when I was growing up. Um, I think you were, you were younger when it happened. So in a way, you know, I don't know, you might not, you were definitely infected differently by it, but um, it was just like that whole 12 to, you know, 18, it was such like a, a hurricane it felt like, and it was like, I almost didn't even know what, to, like, I couldn't see outside of it. So yeah. it's taken me a while to even back away from it enough to observe what happened with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just know definitely a lot of, we're definitely not the only ones with divorced parents. So I feel like just to, yeah, I don't know, help other people, I guess, feel heard and seen in the whole 
experience of it all but I think that especially when you're in it it's very consuming I feel like is what you're getting at which is very true and I definitely was younger so a lot of it has gone over my head so I I feel like you and Nat were like front lines is kind of how I want to describe it you know what I mean so I definitely understand that kind of consumed um, feeling and um, the last kind of more personal question I had for you was a little changing gears again, but you guys know we like to dip our toes in all of the waters on this podcast. So I said that since we, if you guys don't know, we grew up also in a very Catholic household. We went to a private Catholic school, um, uniforms, whole nine yards. We would pray before class, all that sort of stuff. What is kind of, how is, how do you feel, I guess the religious upbringing has shaped you in any way? Do you feel like you have any religious, it doesn't have to be a long answer either. Do you feel like you, um, have any religious or spiritual views now or do you feel like you kind of have parted with that in some way or another yeah I've parted with it I think I was you know I was fed so much I was fed so much stuff like I you know yeah I parted with it I don't I don't know what to believe really at this point like I don't know whose decision it was to just make a kid go to church and pray to someone and and, you know, feed them a story when it's like, in my opinion, especially being very science driven, don't forget, I have a background in in science, you know, so science and religion don't, they don't necessarily fare well all the time. And I I even took a philosophy class called science and nature, uh, science and religion, it kind of discussed the dichotomy of the two. And so, so it's hard for me at this point in my life to grasp a lot of the religious concepts. But um, I do understand the spirituality side of it and why people sort of look up to a higher being, um, if that makes sense. But for me right now, I just, I don't know if I'm atheist or if I'm just, um, I forgot what the other word is, but yeah, I'm just kind of cruising at this point. Yeah, I think something's there, but I'm not super into it. I do wear a, uh, a cross, um, and people ask me about this fr- kind of frequently on my YouTube and stuff. Cause sometimes I'll hang out, but grandpa blessed this by a priest, um, and gave it to me and Joe and all the, so I really wear this as just to have a piece of grandpa with me and that it is blessed. So I feel safe when I have this on, I never take it off, but I'm not like super religious about it. Yeah. Super interesting. Just because I feel like that in of itself shows our, a little bit of polarity between us, even though again, how we're so similar. Um, and so now kind of finishing up the last section of this episode, I want to talk more about just your, all of your kind of motivational stuff, because I find you as a very motivational person. And I know that your drive and work ethic is like through the roof. (laughs) And so, um, as someone who is so goal oriented, what, what, what empowers you to keep working to your goals? Like, I guess essentially what is your, what is your why? Because I feel like I always get that question, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? Especially with you when you have so many different goals across the board. I mean, I've said this before, and I, I one, the fact that, like, we're we're all going to die one day, you know? So it's like the fact that you're not going to be here, it's like the the life is short, you know, it's limited. And so I think it's easy to just sort of go through the motions of life. And before you know it, you're going to be 30 years old. And you're be like, well, wait a second, like... I don't even know where to, you know, where I'm at right now. So one, the fact that our time is limited, just like I'm trying to squeeze up every ounce of time that I do have here. Um, And two, I think for me, it's really, as I get into this more, it's the process. It's just that I've noticed, like, I just, I, I love just like the act of traveling on the weekends, right. Then trying to scramble to put a video together. And then I look back, I'm like, well, even if I reached a goal of, let's say, I don't know, hundred thousand subscribers and doing it full time, like, is that what I want? Or do I, do I really just even love 
the fact, like I said earlier at the episode, just to be able to do it. Right. And I think that's what keeps me motivated. It's just the fact that I can keep sort of um, reinventing myself, learning new things and just and just staying in the game um, of trying it. And you could go more materialistic and say, well, what keeps me going is the fact that I want to eventually quit my job. Right. And be able to live on my own schedule and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just like I feel like I'm on a hunt every day, you know, and like every day, every time I and again, I was just thinking of this last week. It's like I when I lay in bed at night, I can't wait to wake up because it's like I have a whole new it's like a whole new day and the clock hits 5 a.m. And I'm like, boom, okay, I I need to go to the gym. I got to, you know, drink my coffee, answer my emails, look at this. And it's like I just get like this whole new like it's a whole new start. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I get that every single day every single day just keeps me, keeps me firing. And it's just like, man, I, we can do anything we want, you know, it's just a matter of how much, how much you want to learn, how much you want to put into it. Um, and then just put like, just putting the work, work into it. And, and I think the problem is people want stuff so quick, you know? Um, and if, and if my past has taught me anything really as a conglomerate, it's just like, you really just got to put in the work and the time and, and stuff will, well, it, it inevitably will just come together. So, right. I think also in a sense, like, I, I don't know. I feel like it almost like gives you a sense of like purpose. Like you have a place of like what you're supposed to be doing the next day. Like, I feel like that's where a lot of people get like they drowned or get overwhelmed. Also, almost, I want to say overwhelmed, like in the sense of feeling like they don't even know. They're almost like there's so much opportunity and so much to do. It's like they kind of like don't even really have like a game plan in a sense. Like I feel like you kind of knowing what to do or you creating what to do for yourself of knowing what your schedule is has kind of given you a purpose because you know why you're waking up in the morning and you know what you're working towards. Um, and I feel like that just goes such a long way more so than people think. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like everyone has the right to live how they want, you know, on their own terms. But like I, I struggle with just like I don't know the last time like I just like watch Netflix, you know, or something like that. Like I need, I always need something to be doing or looking forward to, or like trying to progress in. I can't just like, and again, maybe this is an upbringing thing with Joe or something like that, but it's like, I have a very hard time just sitting, you know, and not feeling a sense that I'm doing something. And maybe this is something I need to improve on is like tying my worth to productivity, you know, or something like that. But um, I, I just, I really love sort of the lifestyle of, of sort of betterment and stuff like that. And like you said at the beginning, I think ultimately you and I want the same thing and we are striving for the same thing, but our paths to get there are very, very different. And there was a saying in business school or a whole, or a whole lesson that was called, there's more than one way to get to San Francisco. And basically the point of it in a nutshell was that you had, you know, one car, both cars were going to San Francisco, but each one was taking completely different routes and they criticized each other of, of how they got there. Cause one went like really direct. Another one kind of went more, let's just say scenic and through here. But the point was, Hey, we both got to San Francisco. We both got to where we're supposed to go. Why does it matter kind of how we got there? And I think that's something that you and I um, are in right now, right? Like I might be on the more direct line on the interstate, let's say, and you might be more on a scenic road or vice versa. So um I, I think it's cool, um, but I'm definitely a bit more intense and sort of, um, I don't know, I'm not really bashful in my approach, put it that way. Yeah, that's a, a very good way to put it, for sure. 
And I think just what he was also saying is a good reminder, at least what made me think of when you're speaking is like how it's always about, it's about the process of becoming not when you become or like just simply falling in love with the process. I feel like that was beautifully iterated in your example for sure. Cause I think that's very important and that's what keeps you going because when everything's constantly just a means to an end, it's easy to feel burnt out very, very quickly and easy to kind of feel almost unfulfilled by it. Like I feel like when you actually truly love the process and fall in love with the process, it's really easy to more and more enjoyable to keep going with it. Um, so on that note, super active, you work out, you work a nine to five, you have your side hustle, which you spend hours on. Like you heard him, he never just relaxes and watches Netflix. Like what are some pieces of advice that you have in terms of time management, or even just if you want to stick to, um, for people who are trying to incorporate a workout routine with people who work a nine to five? Mm. I think it's, I think it's, crucial one to have some sort of self-awareness are you a morning person are you an afternoon person right like do you gotta do you need to eat breakfast like for me and i credit a friend of mine tony case for this you got to have um your non-negotiables in life and for me my my number one non-negotiable is my morning workout and so like i'll never take a job that's going to require me to be there at six in the morning because that's my workout time right like I, I need to have that time for myself. Um, and, and, and really the second thing I've always done in my life um, is make a list. Ever since I, it started when I was doing biochemistry and I, I wish I saved them because it was so, I would take like an eight by 11 sheet of computer paper and I keep writing the list, but I would, I would break the list down so microscopic to saying shave, brush my teeth, shower. And so then every, so like I would cross them off and it was a weird sense of like progression through the day on a micro scale. Um, but then I'd get down to study, right? Write this paper, blah, blah, blah. And that's something I've kept with me to this day uh, by making lists and sort of visualizing my day. It allows me to know, okay, what do I absolutely have to get done? Um, and then I can go from there. So I think knowing yourself um, and, and just, you know, and this is where we might differ, but it's just like, you just got to make the time and do it. You know, if it's important to you, you'll make the time. So a lot of, a lot of people say they don't have time. Right. But it's like, well, audit your time, right? What are you doing in your time that you're awake? Do you need 10 hours of sleep? Do you need eight hours of sleep? Do you need six? It doesn't really matter. Look at what you need and then sort of work backwards from there. Okay. You're at job from nine to five, right? Like you, you have the time. It's just your your priorities and stuff like that isn't really where you need to be. So that's why I wake up, I work out first thing in the morning, right? I do some work and now it's so ingrained in my life, you know, eight, 10 years later, it's just something I've always done. Um, but really it's just, it's just, it's clearing out the distractions, clearing out the crap that like you think you need to do, but you don't like you sit on the toilet and scroll TikTok, right? Or, or like, do just watch one episode. Like you got to get, you gotta, you get to a point in life where just enough is enough. You know, you're either doing it or you're not. And I, I used to tell Keaton, my friend, like everything in life is 50, 50. So, well, what do you mean? I was like, essentially you're either going to do it or you're not. The odds of something happening is 50, 50, you know, there's no like 90, 10. It's like, and, and ever since I kind of adopted this binary light mindset, it just, it, it goes from there. And then the momentum builds and the momentum, the thing momentum is it's such a cruel sort of mistress in a way. Mm -hmm. It can either be absolutely detrimental to where you're in this cycle of just of net, you can't get up, you just can't, you're a creative block or momentum can be absolutely unreal. And once you start rolling, it's like nothing can even stop you. I got the goosebumps right now because when you get to that mind frame, it's like nothing else even matters. You're doing it. If you want to be a YouTuber, you can just go do it. You don't need to, you don't need a hundred thousand subscribers to be a YouTuber or a million listens on your song to be a singer, you know? And so 
it's just making the time and sticking to it. And, and you're going to, you know, you might lose relationships, you might lose friends. Right. But yeah, that's where I'll kind of stop because that's where I get very sort of aggressive with it. You know, there's just no, there's, there's no, if someone asked me the other day, would you want to work out together? And I say, you know, what? I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do that. You're welcome to sort of be there, but like, I'm not going to sit there and work out with you. Cause that's my time. It's non-negotiable. I need 50 minutes in the morning to work out. Retweet. Now I'm, I'm a, I'm an afternooner, but no, I agree with that, with not letting other people work out with you. I think you said so many great things in there. Momentum. So freaking powerful. Cause momentum is just momentum is not good or bad it's it's what we're allowing momentum to affect that makes it either good or bad so it's like just like you're saying and I kind of wrote a um uh, an Instagram story kind of about it of like but more so in terms of your thoughts like if you're getting all these negative thoughts momentum that's what's going to keep compounding but if you just give that same life that same energy that same momentum that same magnitude to positive thoughts of self-belief of motivation of all this sort of stuff that's what's going to grow and like that's what's going to make you unstoppable so I think that's a really good point and also the second thing that I wanted to say is I think people make it seem more um kind of more complicated than it is like I love when you say that life is binary because it's true and like I know that we differ some things where you take more aggressive approaches than I do but I do still believe like you're you're right and a lot of the same things like it's kind of like people the the reason why people don't do it is because they think it's harder than it actually needs to be where if it's kind of like you just need to go do it and you need to make the time and you know what I mean and then it's gonna flow from there that's why I like showing my first like my first video I made you know, where like at the time I was like, man, this is so good. And then you look back at it and it's like, but had I not just started, that's the thing. I just started, I put it out. I did the whole process. And then I did that a thousand more times, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm still, I still look at my stuff. And I'm like, man, this shot could have been better. This is under, you know, right? Like you're never satisfied. But the fact is that I started three years ago mm-hmm. and like that clock, you got to just wait in line, right? Like you, you the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be, you know, but people are just get so hung up on starting what other people think. And it's like, I get it. I think we both get it, but you got to just start and get the ball rolling um, and figure it out as you go. So, right. And I, I heard that in another podcast too, where I forget exactly what he said, but essentially just was the fact that like the person who stays it, you're, you're bound to kind of achieve it essentially if you just don't give up like the reason why so many people fail is because they just stop trying or they gave up like if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other even if you're walking and the other person is sprinting and then they end up bailing out of the race like the fact that you just kept going you're you know what I mean like you're gonna cross that finish line it's kind of that same thing that you're talking about in terms of time like you just kind of gotta keep like and that's what helped me with my social media it's like I just when I became so discerning with it I was like I'm not stopping so like either you know what I mean like I'm gonna hit it simply because I'm not stopping putting one foot in the other in front of the other and like that I kind of that was reassuring to me of being like you will arrive at that finish line if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other you know what I mean and then the other thing I want to say really quickly was just that I think also people think it's harder to the hardest part is kind of curating these habits but like you said now how it's just um, a lifestyle for you just goes to show that like the beginning processes might make it seem hard but it's not that hard forever to have working out be a part of your routine like it becomes a part of your lifestyle a part of who you are and it will genuinely get easier once you get through that last sort of hump and I think truly fully believing in that and realizing that will um be the reassurance that you need to keep going to know like it's not going to be this hard forever right first time is always the hardest right okay second to last question I have for you is what is one piece of advice you would have told yourself five years ago um mm, I, I would probably say trust yourself 
um, would be the biggest thing kind of going along the lines of, um, you know, having self-confidence and stuff. But I think, I think it's easy at those younger, you know, lower twenties or whatever, mid twenties to like be very doubtful and suffer from imposter syndrome. And, you know, there's so much crap out there on the internet and your friends and who's getting married, who's got this job, right? Like it's easy to just sort of fall into like this really hard trap, um, of, of thinking you're not good enough and stuff like that. So kind of like trusting yourself and simultaneously, um, not really caring what other people think, you know, very, very, uh, um, cliche, you've heard it a bunch of times, easier said than done, but I think I'm, I'm more to a place now where, you know, I'm really seeing that come into effect and it's very powerful. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happier with myself internally. I'm not as mean to myself. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is coupled with not caring what other people think, not listening to the outside stuff and just like living for yourself. So it's kind of like a combination of things that I think is harder than just saying, Oh, five years ago, I'll tell myself to just do this. It's, you know, it's a, like you say, it's a constant sort of development in life, but right. It's more of like kind of almost a foundational stance in a way that, you know, it's kind of like creating the fertile soil for everything else. It's kind of like yeah. if you have that backbone, like that truly is the cheat code, like to life. I feel like like the, everything you just said and like actual self-love and self-belief, like that truly is a cheat code to life, in my opinion. And to finish off, I always end the, off the episode with an aff- and a little laughy, an affirmation, which I'm not expecting you to come up with one. But I just wanted to know if you had what's like the first quote that comes to your mind um, with something that has, that has positively impacted your life. If there's a quote that you think of. Looks like I'm leaving this up. I'm leaving the happy. Okay. Um, this is probably where we won't align. Um, Brace yourselves. No I'm kidding. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. I hate that because I still don't know what that means. He's told me that before, and I still don't get it. I think it's. I think it's. It's showing. Um, it's giving credit to the masculine sort of being a man sort of only son in the family sort of thing, but also being gentle enough in nature to being delicate and being understanding and having empathy. But when the time comes to, to sort of put your head down, work, be aggressive, be tenacious. Um, I would rather be able to be a warrior, um, that have to find a gardener and put him in a war. So I think it's easier to sort of relinquish the wolf and stuff like that in someone rather than trying to teach that. So, um, something that I've kind of, learn um and yeah okay i get it now <laughs> no, you, don't. you like finally explained it to me yes i do get it okay now i that makes more sense i just didn't get it at first but I, I, okay. <laughs> okay so my affirmation for you this is like that's that's luke's two cents mine's gonna be like okay so sunshine and rainbows no mine is because lucas makes me feel like inspired to like create the life that i want through intentional action so my affirmation for you guys is i step into the life of abundance through the choice of my own actions I step into the life of abundance through the choice of my own actions. And repeat your quote one more time. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Damn. Inspo all around. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for joining me today. I that my brother was the first one. Let's go. And yeah, you did awesome. I'm happy with this episode. This episode 17 or 18? 18, I know. Oh, uh, man, I, I that would have been sick. Episode 17 is his lucky number. But anyways, my camera's going to die, so I love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you again to Lucas. And hopefully, I'll send you guys so much love. Almost forgot. And I'll see you, hopefully I'll see you in the next one. Peace out. Deuces. <laughs>